faithwire.com. Colin Powell has died at the age of 84. His family says it's from complications due to COVID-19. There's a lot more to the story. Today is Monday, October 18th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You find us on iTunes. You can go ahead and subscribe there. We're here Monday through Friday. We'd love to have you with us. And joining me today, as always, Trey Goins Phillips from Faithwire.com with a quick look at what's coming up. What's going on, Trey? Hey, Dan. Happy Monday. So I hear it's uh, cooled down. You had to turn on the heater in yes. uh, Pennsylvania today. It was a sad day. It was a sad day. It was <laughs> the first day I actually had to put the space heater on because it's a little a little too cold. My wife hasn't no. turned on the heater. My wife likes to wait as long right. as possible before turning on the actual heater. And so our house, house is pretty Save cold is today. M- Save as much money as you can. I you guess. Know? Like, I uh, guess that's so. the reason. I don't really even know why, but she just likes to wait. So it is what it is. I just got to roll with it. Got to deal with it. All right. So we're going to be talking about uh, 17 missionaries uh, who were kidnapped in Haiti uh, by gang members over the weekend. It's been a a crazy story that's made a lot of headlines. Uh, Apple is bowing to China's demands, and uh, they've removed the Bible app from Mm. their store. Uh, And then an ESPN reporter is leaving the company uh, over Disney's vaccination mandate. So I'll have more about that as well as her comments on her decision to leave. All right, look forward to those stories. And we're going to start here on story number one with Colin Powell, who has died at the age of 84. And here's three things you need to know, starting with number one, the details. General Colin Powell, the influential former Secretary of State and is chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He he played, of course, a pivotal role during uh, George Bush's presidency after 9-11, the two wars, Iraq and Afghanistan, etc., so he died today. Uh, he was 84, and the initial reports all said from complications related to COVID-19. That's what his family said. Um, he was a four-star general. He was the first African-American Secretary of State and uh, first African-American Joint Chief of Staff. Uh, the family said, we've lost a remarkable and loving husband uh, and father, grandfather, and a great American. Um, and they added in the statement that he was fully vaccinated. Uh, Powell served in Bush's cabinet from 01 to 05. Um, He also pursued other areas of U.S. foreign policy, not just Iraq, Afghanistan at post 9-11. But he he did things like strengthening uh, relations with Russia and China, focused on uh, managing the U.S. withdrawal from the U.S.-Russian anti-ballistic missile treaty uh, and the signing of the Moscow Treaty. And on and on and on. And so according to Fox News, Powell served 35 years in the military, beginning as a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army. He was one of 16,000 military advisors dispatched to South Korea by Kennedy back in 1962. And he was awarded a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star. And he served two tours of duty in Vietnam in 68 and 69. He was injured in a helicopter crash. I didn't know this. Uh, they didn't make a lot about it in the media, at least that I saw. Um, but injured in a helicopter crash, and despite his own injuries, managed to rescue his fellow soldiers from a from a burning helicopter, and was awarded uh, the Soldier's Medal. So he served Nixon, Carter, and Reagan, all of those administrations, and of course President Bush, uh, as mentioned. And um, yeah, just an incredible guy. And and during his time at the, as a Joint Chiefs, he was the youngest ever to hold that, by the way. 
and he oversaw 28 crises, um, including Operation Desert Storm in 1991. President, former President George W. Bush issued a statement, said, Laura and I are deeply saddened by the death of Colin Powell. He was highly respected at home and abroad, and most important, Colin was a um, family man and uh, a friend. Laura and I send Alma and their children our sincere condolences uh, as they remember the life of a great man. So that's what's going on there. And number two here, sadly, the focus on Colin Powell's incredible life, it's already kind of getting volleyed back and forth on social media and mainstream media by people who are trying to uh, further their stance on vaccines and COVID-19. And mm-hmm. um, it's kind of sad to see that, that that happens a lot now. If someone passes away, even unknown people that just get used um, because of something they tweeted about vaccines or, or something like that. So um, so on the one hand, you have the media glossing over the facts that, that he was vaccinated. You just see COVID-19 complications in the headline. That's CNN did that. New York Times did that. A host of others did that. But then on the other side, you have others who are sort of trying to use this news as an example of vaccines not working. But the truth, it doesn't really fit so neatly into either narrative. Uh, as Eric Erickson pointed out, he said Powell was 84 years old and suffered from multiple myeloma and Parkinson's disease. And the vaccine, like a lot of vaccines, are it's not effective against blood cancer and the therapies related uh, to it. So that's been very well documented. So both sides of the equation here can't really don't ha- don't have a leg to stand on. Like it'd be, we'd be better off here yeah. just to focus on on the man and um, his life at 84 years old. So. Number three, why does it matter? I mean, it matters because I try, the more I see people filtering life through these political lenses and not a bit, anything other than a biblical lens, you know, I mean, look, if your reaction to a news of a prominent figure dying is how can I use this to support my opinions? I mean, you're doing it wrong, (laughs) right? I mean, come on, you know, regardless of, and I've seen people say, oh, he's a war criminal and all this other stuff. And it's just ridiculous. And it's sad that society has sort of crumbled to that point, but that seems to be where we're at. Yeah, it's frustrating, too, to see the, in addition to the COVID stuff, the fact that, uh, you know, on the left, it was, well, he worked for a Republican administration. So, like you said, the, they go the war criminal route. Uh, so we shouldn't honor his life. And then there are conservatives who think, well, later in years, he endorsed Hillary Clinton. He voted for Joe Biden. So we need to just write him off. He, you know, he <laughs> right. did nothing good for the conservative movement. Uh, it's like, you know, there, there's a human being in the middle of this uh, this ping pong game we're playing with his politics uh, that really, you know, today at least, I think we should just give it a break uh, and recognize the sacrifice and service he made to the country. Uh, and I didn't know that story uh, about the helicopter crash, Dan, until today either. Um, so I don't know if that's just because the media yeah. didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it or if that's his own humility. I'm not sure uh, that, you know, but it's a it's an incredible story that he was in a injured in a helicopter crash and then uh, was had the wherewithal to to prioritize not himself yeah. but uh, the three crew members he was with and brought them to safety. So uh, certainly an incredible man, uh, a great legacy, and someone worth uh, worth celebrating sure. and, and reflecting on his sacrifices to to the country. Yeah, absolutely.
So, all right, story number two. Uh, So an urgent call to prayer has been issued after a group of 17 missionaries and family members, most of whom are Americans, uh, were abducted in Haiti on Saturday. Here are three things you need to know. We'll start number one with the details. So the Ohio-based Christian Aid Ministries sent an audio alert stating that men, women, and children were kidnapped while on their way home from building an orphanage. Uh, The kidnapped group consists of 16 U.S. citizens and one Canadian, uh, a total of five children, seven women, and five men. Uh, CAM asked listeners to join us in praying for those who are being held hostage, the kidnappers and the families, friends, and churches of those impacted. Uh, One person familiar with the incident said that one of the abducted Americans sent a message on WhatsApp saying that the group is being held hostage after being kidnapped by the driver of their taxi. Uh, The State Department said it is aware of the situation noting that the welfare and safety of U.S. citizens abroad is one of the highest priorities of the Department of State, uh, saying that they're you know, staying aware of the situation and doing what they can to, to get more uh, intel. Uh, so number two, uh, based on the little information we have right now, it appears the group of Christian missionaries were kidnapped by a Haitian gang known for carrying out kidnappings, carjackings, uh, and extortions, obviously all for money. Uh, the gang abducted five priests and two nuns in April, uh, that group, thankfully, was released later in the month, and we're praying for uh, you know, a similar outcome for this group. Uh, so number three, why does it matter? Like, Please, of course, be in prayer for the missionaries, uh, that they'd be, like I said, released very, very soon, and that they'd be unharmed. It's, it's particularly scary when you think of their kids uh, yeah. who are among the people who were abducted by this taxi driver and ultimately by this gang. Uh, so certainly be praying for safety for them and also pray that God would work in the hearts of these gang members, honestly, uh, you know, that they're, uh, that, that, that even though these, these missionaries are in such an awful situation that they'd still be able to shine the love of Christ uh, to the people they're around, which at this moment is unfortunately gang members. So, um, just just be in prayer all around for the situation. Yeah, and I, I think I saw as young as two years old um, hmm. were, were, wow. were part of this group. So, uh, yeah, and like you said, I mean, I think the main purpose, like a lot of times these gangs will do this for ransom, especially, I mean, you'll go to a place like Haiti, there's so much desperation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, things like this are going to inevitably happen. I mean, sin, it's easy to have a veneer of civilized culture and society when things are you know, abundant, abundantly available to you. But I think it's it's a nice veneer that is put over our sin nature. So you, I think you see it a lot more amplified and in places where there's a lot more need and, and desperation. So things like this can happen. Yeah. And uh, definitely need to be uh, in prayer, prayer for them for sure. And I think that's what the group did, didn't they? Isn't that one of the things they prayed, they asked for prayer for was for the hearts, yeah. for these people to repent, right? And yeah, and turn it around. So for sure, that's something that they were focusing on. I think you know, as, as believers, it's it, it's good to remember that, like to to see that. I, we had a similar story last week about a shooting that happened in a school, and one of the um, students at the yeah. schools is in Texas. She was her first prayer was for the gunman. Um, so I think that's what can set us believers apart from the secular world is is we're praying not just for ourselves and for our community, but also for our enemies and and even for those who aren't our enemies, but are just in opposition to us. Uh, We have a responsibility to pray for them just as much as we pray for, you know, our fellow believers. Yep. hundred percent. All right. uh, Let's go on to story number three here. Apple apparently values its relationship with China more than it does freedom of speech, freedom to worship, 
Here are three things you need to know, starting with number one, the details. Apple is complying with the regime, the communist regime of China, to remove Bible apps and Koran apps from the App Store uh, in the latest effort by China to suppress religious activity in their communist-run country. So both the Koran Majid and Bible app by Olive Tree had been taken down. Chinese officials claim those apps violate laws that prohibit the use of religious texts or materials. A spokesperson from Olive Tree said that we're currently reviewing the requirements to obtain the necessary permit with the hope that we can restore our app to China's app store and continue to distribute the Bible worldwide. That the the Muslim app that got that got taken away, they released a statement with similar sentiment saying, according to Apple, our app Quran Majid has been removed from the China App Store because it includes content that requires additional documentation from Chinese authorities. <laughs> We're trying to get in touch uh, with government of China, et cetera, et cetera, and get it resolved. A CARE spokesperson said that Apple is, quote, enabling China's religious persecution. So that's what's going on there with Apple, sort of caving to China's request there. So number two on this, I mean, Trey, we've seen that China will force churches to dictate what they can and can't say to get an approved church status. It's essentially the way they're running yeah. it, is saying, well, you can you can still be there. We just need to follow this, this, and this, and just go along with that, and then you'll be approved by the government. But a lot of times, those approvals require things that go blatantly uh, fly in the face of the Christian faith, you know, that put the government up there and, you know, you... <laughs> All these ridiculous things that you you just wouldn't even think it's it, it seems comic book almost uh, that yeah. that they would put this in there, but that's what they do. So uh, they'd be sub they're subjecting themselves to potentially that kind of level of involvement from the government. So so number three, why does it matter? Well, I I think when Apple and big companies like this, when they sort of capitulate and they fold uh, on on things of this nature. You know, when that gets repeated over time by other governments and other large organizations that have influence, it really diminishes our actual ability to be free, right? It gives this validity and this credibility to saying, well, yeah, we just need to get those off of there. It's really kind of shocking um, that a big company like Apple that has leverage, they have a lot of influence because of their size, that they would fold like that. And so, man, if they're, if they're going to fold, you wonder what's going to happen to all the little guys below them. Yeah. And it's incredible to think that uh, all of this stuff happens in China so frequently, like yeah. this kind of censorship, uh, the way that they've suppressed any information about COVID, as we've talked about before. Uh, but what bothers me more than the fact that they're doing that, I mean, that's that's a communist regime, so they're going to do what they're going to do. Uh, but what's more frustrating to me is the fact that the media in the United States, so much of the, the media is kind of like no intellectual curiosity whatsoever. Like, oh, yeah, we take them at their word. Uh, you know, so <laughs> so whatever they say about COVID, that's probably right. the truth. <laughs> right. um, and then when it comes to these kinds of stories, uh, unless I'm missing them, you don't really see them gain a whole lot of attention. Uh, they maybe get one or two stories here and there. Right. Uh, but but they don't like, you know, they, they don't command a whole lot of press attention Uh and, and instead, there's a lot of like laudatory stories about how incredible China is, how they've recovered their economy and, you know, whatever, right. whatever. Uh, and I just think uh, it, it's it's odd to me that we wouldn't share this kind of information 
particularly given how large and powerful China is and our supposed uh, concerns about injustice, right. why would this stuff not be headline news all the time? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it really makes, it's one of those things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, story number four. So ESPN reporter Allison Williams announced Friday she's leaving the network, which is owned by the Walt Disney Company, uh, following its mandate requiring all employees to receive a COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, so here are three things you need to know. We'll start number one with the details. Uh, in a statement shared on Instagram, Williams tearfully acknowledged that Disney's values changed, uh, noting the company previously stated in the spring that it would leave vaccination up to individual choice, saying that that's where it should best uh, be left. Uh, she then criticized her employer for not respecting the fact that her values remained the same despite Disney uh, shifting its its view. Uh, so as for her reason, Williams said she's foregoing the shot right now because of her and her husband's desire to have a second child. She said it was a deeply difficult choice to make, uh, but she nevertheless concluded it was best not to take the vaccine after talking with her fertility doctor and her primary care physician, uh, given that there is some anecdotal reports of fertility issues linked to the shots. We should note here, though, that the CDC has stated that there is currently no evidence that the vaccine would cause any problems with becoming pregnant now uh, or in the future. Uh, Williams also expressed support, though, for others who have lost their jobs as a result of vaccination mandates. Uh, she thanked the police officers, nurses, doctors, teachers, and first responders who we've seen uh, several of, of whom walk out of their jobs. Uh, she thanked them for their work, which is benefiting this country in ways far more important than hers, uh, she said. Uh, so number two here, Williams also offered a reminder to people who've been very supportive of government and corporate mandates. Uh, she said, if this is the direction we take our country, there will come a time when the government or corporations mandate you to get something that does not align with your values. Power given is seldom returned, she said. Uh, and when that day comes, I want you to at least know that we fought and we tried. Uh, ESPN anchor Sage Steele, who is vaccinated, she was in hot water, too, uh, earlier this month because she called Disney's requirements sick and scary. While she isn't leaving the company, she was sidelined for about a week uh, after making those uh, comments, which, of course, didn't make ESPN right. or the, the Walt Disney Company all that, all that happy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, number three, why does it matter? Like, we're acting as if this binary as if this is a binary right and wrong, uh, when the truth is there's a lot of factors to consider here. Uh, and honestly, Dan, I, it's just none of our business to know who's vaccinated and who's not. I find it odd yeah. that we have all these stories on so-and-so just got vaccinated, so-and-so has not yet been vaccinated. Right. It's just a personal choice, and people shouldn't be shamed, particularly by believers, you know, as Christians. Uh, we shouldn't be shaming people for whatever decision they make. Uh, and I'm just looking forward to the day when... Uh, when it's no longer headline news, when a when a ESPN reporter chooses to or not to get uh, a vaccination, yeah, I mean, but it just goes to show how much the issue has been politicized yeah. when it has been boiled down to that. And I think in their push to try to get people vaccinated, and I look, I think the the administration is probably feeling the heat because uh, they touted this number of. 400,000 people died under Trump when when COVID hit. Now, he didn't have a vaccine for pretty much almost all of his his uh pres his the year that it was out, you know, 2020 right. there was there was no you know, obviously it took some time to develop the vaccine. Now, the current administration has had the vaccine the entire time. And we're getting close to almost that 400,000 number again where it's at 300 
I think 320,000, I think, deaths since uh, they, we changed the presidency. Now, personally, I don't believe that it, the number of deaths should all rise and fall on the president. Um, but when you were the ones that kind of touted that the whole time and yelled at the previous administration, um, you know, you, you might, if you're held to that same standard, you're going to feel that same heat. So maybe right. that's what they're thinking. Cause they've been sitting here and say, Hey, we need to get the vaccine. We need to get the vaccine. So I'm just trying to speculate on how it turned into this vilification and I think out of the desperation that the messaging has turned more and more urgent, more and more crisis and more and more, well, how can we get them to do it? And then they, because remember, we went from unifying at the beginning to just, yeah. now it's just, what are you doing? We're just going to force y'all to do it, um, yeah. to, to vilifying. So it went from unifying to vilifying in a very short time. And we have to remember it whenever we're having this conversation that it's impacting real lives, right? Like yeah. this, you can tell by this story about Allison Williams. I mean, she's had to step away from her job and she said in her video, you know, I don't want to be leaving Disney. I don't want to be leaving ESPN. I love the work that I do as a, as a reporter broadcaster for college basketball, but I'm not going to choose my career over my family. Right. You know, I want to have more kids and this is a decision that I think is best in my best interest. Uh, and I'm not going to make that decision. She said she hopes she's able to report again in the future, but she doesn't know when or where that's going to be. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the stuff, you know, as Christians, we need to remember that, especially uh, that we can have disagreements, but we need to remember the people in the middle of these disagreements. And, and you know, the fact that so much of this is a is a per, up to personal choice and they've got sincere reasons for 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 making whatever decision they ultimately make. Yeah. And, and I think it's a good reminder as Christians to. As we mentioned earlier in the podcast, put on your biblical lens when you're looking at other humans, yeah. not the political one. Don't start, make your starting point vaccine or not vaccine. It's a it's a terrible way to go. And um, I think we're seeing the folly of that play out and what it's doing to each other and how we view one another as people. I mean, I think you can see the direction it's heading and it's not fun when, when uh, it just becomes a they're harming people, they're not game. So... Yeah, for sure. All right. That is all the time we have for today's podcast. Thanks uh, again for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back here tomorrow as well. And uh, you can find us on iTunes. And uh, you can head on over to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. See you back here tomorrow.